Welcome to episode 52 of GameSpot After Dark, GameSpot's official video game podcast. Joining me this week is Lucy James. Hey. Callie Plaguey. Hello. And our editorial intern, James Carr. Hello. How are y'all doing? Well, yeah. thank you. Uh, it's 4.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. Cracked a white claw. You know, feeling feeling good. I've also cracked a white claw. Man, this is like the White Claw cast. Look, if Ooh, we can good. get sponsored by White Claw. Like, yes, I'm drinking ruby ga- grapefruit. I'm not like other girls. Uh, <laughs> I can't have that one. I'm not allowed grapefruit. Really? Because uh, I have high cholesterol. Uh, Genetic. I'm, it's, you know, it's fine. A Four Point brand ambassador followed me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And I saw it and I was like, oh, man, here we go. He... This Here person must know that, like, I don't know, our first 25 episodes, we were drinking Four Point in yeah. the studio. That's true. Uh, I miss that. I miss that so much. I know, yeah. right? Just being in the studio with you guys. But also, I mean, uh, Greg's, uh, this is for the UK listeners only, um, the Greg's community manager followed me on Twitter. And Greg's is like pastries, sausage rolls, steak bakes like I- iconic northeastern food and they followed me on twitter and i was like here we go this i thought you were talking it. about your roommate <laughs> yeah, yeah greg, i thought greg you were talking about greg miller um <laughs> greg's community manager <laughs> jake when you were an intern at when you started as an intern were you 21 i was 22 okay, i remember so- in my interview that was a question that they asked me like how old are you again and i was like 22 and they're like oh good because we kind of drink a lot and i was like oh <laughs> that's good to know yeah, they don't ask that question anymore, or at least they didn't ask me. I don't think they're allowed to. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think they are either. Yeah. I, actually, I probably shouldn't share that story. <laughs> we should move on. <laughs> uh, so normally we start this show off with what we've been playing. However, James, this is your first time on the podcast, so we're going to start with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Chris. Chris. <laughs> there it is. Anyway, James, who are you? Tell us about yourself. What kind of games do you play? Uh Tell us how you found your way to GameSpot and so on. So yeah, I'm James Carr. Uh, I'm the editorial intern. Uh, I'm a journalism major at Arizona State University. Uh, I found the GameSpot internship by uh, just consistent, just like once a week Googling for like internships at like pretty much every video game news outlet I could think of. And eventually the GameSpot one popped up and I was like, oh, hey, I know them. This is cool. I'll take a crack at that. So is... uh. Is working in the video game industry something you've been wanting to do for a long time? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually the reason I got into journalism in college. It was the the main goal to do writing. That's awesome. Um, as for games, I play just about everything I can get my hands on. Um, I got a strong preference for like 2D platformers and first-person shooters and uh, farming sims. Yeah. I've never played a farming sim, you know? I, I keep, like... Which is a shame because every time you go to Gamescom, the farming simulator booth is always the most popular, like by a long shot. Um, Damn, really? Yeah, seriously. It's so popular. Wait, are like, we talking the, this, about... This super big in Germany. Like we're the talking game about the farming... Si- okay, like, I thought we were just talking about farming, farming sim. but the actual yeah. game. All right. Yeah, actual well, game farming sim. I mean, like, I mean, technically Animal Crossing Stardew is a kind of farming sim. Well, you played Stardew. I do, but I mean, okay, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's like she hasn't like, played the game farming simulator. Farm, yeah, I haven't like played farming simulator twenty twenty or whatever. I haven't got behind the wheel of a giant tractor <laughs> and plowed some fields. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't know what I'm oh. saying. <laughs> the Steam reviews for uh, that game are actually really good. I kind of want to play it because I just yeah. I'm curious. The well, only one, the only like farming simulator knowledge that I have is. Or like awareness of it that I have is a that Gamescom thing, but also that video of um, someone putting Skrillex over it <laughs> and just doing like <laughs> 360 no scope all that stuff. It's very good. Again, this will be a meme that I share in the chat after. Oh, just like grilled yeller that we were all <laughs> treated to last week. Um, yeah. So on the topic of farm sins, uh, story of seasons. Friends of Mineral Town was your first GameSpot review, James. Um, so it's like, it's it's interesting. It's a fun, eclectic mix of things to be like, oh yeah, I play first person shooters and also uh, games where you farm and, and marry townsfolk and talk to fairies. But that's how I am too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's definitely just like two, like two very relaxing experiences for me and two 
very different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I do have to ask you, because this is a question we get, I don't know, we probably get it at least once a month. Everyone always asks like for tips to get into the video game industry, uh, tips to get internships, tips or anything. So I was just curious if, if maybe you could break down how you got to GameSpot, uh, maybe like what you did before that to help prepare you for the interview for, uh, I, I don't know, any anything you find relevant because uh, I know that's something that people are always curious about and we try to help them out as much as we can. Yeah, I would say a big thing for me is that um, I, when I, when I applied for the GameSpot internship, I had maybe only spent a couple months freelancing writing for games and that was like almost exclusively writing listicles but I had already done a bunch of time just writing other types of news um I spent a couple months for Arizona PBS doing covering sustainability and then I worked at my state newspaper uh covering breaking news prior to that so I would say just like covering whatever you can because like you might not necessarily get to cover games right out the gate but like the skills transfer you're still learning the writing techniques and all the AP style and the skills. So I think it's probably my biggest piece of advice. Cool. That's a really good piece of advice too. I think that's something we talk about a lot here is like, make sure you cultivate other skills. And, mm-hmm. and I think like it, we've talked about too, like everybody at GameSpot comes from like different bra- backgrounds. Like some people have journalism degrees, but some people have, you know, Lucy studied psychology and like, uh, you know, we have a lot of film degrees, people studying different things, and those backgrounds all inform what we do, and that's what gives us uh, kind of a, a broader net to cover things from. Like, one of my proudest moments was in QA being able to uh, say that Patton Oswalt's wife, like, her name was spelled wrong, and Michelle I know that because I like true crime. Michelle, <laughs> That that uh, documentary on HBO, by the way, is harrowing. Oof. Yeah, I'll be gone in the dark. But her book is is fantastic. Yeah. Sorry for to jump on the Michelle McNamara segue yeah. train. But uh, yeah, I think that's really solid advice for anybody. All right, good well, pick. Before we move on, one last question for you, James: Is there a game that you always come back to, or a series that you'll play no matter what? I guess more or less a favorite game. Uh, I will say either Stardew Valley or just the Halo series in general. Yeah. Like either one of those I will return to at any moment. Um, even when I'm particularly like stressed out, I will open the Master Chief collection and I will just start playing SWAT um, just like endlessly. Mm. So a very relaxing experience for me. I feel like Callie gave that same answer when we first started the Chris from Dayton Ohio <laughs> segment a couple yeah. or not I a couple. Know, years I was going to say, I didn't interview you, James, but if I had, I would have been like, solved. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then with that, let's move on to what we've been playing. Lucy, do you want to kick it off this week? Uh, well, I got my Ghost of Tsushima Platinum. Very proud. Nice. Um, shout out to the guy who uh, I tweeted out my uh, like trophy list and the guy... First of all, I'm very happy that no one called me out for getting trophies at like 2 a.m. on Saturday because that was a real <laughs> dark time for me. But also, hey, it's not like we can go to bars on Saturdays. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Saturdays are for the boys. And in this case, the boys, <laughs> Jin Sakai <laughs> and uh, Lord Shimura. Um, no, someone Your like, horse. oh, Kage, my boy. Uh, I but my no. horse Kage too. Yeah. The coolest but, yeah. name. Mr. Well, Sora too, but um, okay, fair. Uh, no, so like a guy tweeted me, he was like, "Uh, I highly doubt you did this all by yourself because you work at Gamespot, and also the game has only been out for ten days unless you had a, an advanced copy." I just replied like, "Actually, I had it a few weeks before release," and he deleted his tweet. And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck off, you little prick." <laughs> anyway, like, why be needlessly antagonistic? Anyway, uh. And other than that, like, I kind of not taken a break, but uh, I started watching Dark. Um, I think I talked about it last week that I was going to start watching it or that I'd watched like a couple episodes. It's really, really good. Um, time travel, uh, which normally I'm not really that big of a fan of, honestly, time travel as a storytelling mechanic, because I think I my... It. My brain kind of really will go, well. This doesn't happen. Oh, dude, nothing. I'm a sucker for time travel. You I will really do like anything this. time travel. You really like it. Although I will say, 
it is the show that I will skip the title sequence on the fastest out of any show I've ever seen. And usually I watch the title sequences, but the title sequence of Dark is just like, eh, it's weird. It doesn't, yeah. yeah, it just kind of sticks out to me. I don't really enjoy it, but the show itself is phenomenal. And they have um, like, it kind of feels like it, it in a way, because it's a time jump that happens you know and it it's like every 20 something years and this is every 33 years um a bit stranger thingsy you know people are kidnapping kids and you know there's a a weird weird undercover I don't know if it's like the nuclear power people um or just like a weird shadowy organization that hasn't been explained yet but that's very clear from the get-go and it jumps to 2019, 86, and 53. And like, it's really cool the way that they've cast. There, there are these four key families and the way that they've cast the younger versions and the older versions, and they all look perfect. Like the guy who plays Ulrich, uh, present day Ulrich and like Ulrich as a kid is unbelievable. Um, the one thing I will say is that obviously I would suggest uh, subs, not dubs um but that's probably just because i'm a purist actually, friend of the show andrew goldfarb's watching was uh actually with subs but he said it's really good but i just the disconnect for me is too much i can't do it. he's it, andrew's watching it dubbed yeah he's watching it in english but to be fair though, he's it's playing a really, animal crossing and watch well no <laughs> it's a really complicated show like there are these four families that are all connected and like obviously it's not in English and so like genuinely I took notes as to who was in each family so that's the level I love that I'm definitely gonna watch it big lost vibes too there was a hatch okay there's a hatch really (laughs) yeah I was like okay I mean really quick aside I've been watching I don't I didn't like really want to talk about it too much because like it's just kind of a guilty pleasure show for me right now, but I've been watching Outlander and I'm on the last available season. Ooh. And that is a show that is in English, but I watch it with subtitles because there's some thick Scottish accents in that show. Uh, but that is also a time travel show and I'm super uh, a sucker for that. But it like time travel is really some white people shit. Like, like you can't really get away with going f- very far back in time. Uh, and, and like, even like, like I can't get away with like I would not be able to go back in time with my name. They'd be like, "What the fuck are you?" Whereas like everybody in that show is like, "Oh, I'm Elizabeth," and it's like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> like, everybody is named Elizabeth, so yeah, that works. it's convenient. Um, I, I was gonna say that I, I, time travel. If if it's like the story is about time travel, that's fine. I don't like time travel when like Avengers is like actually time travels oh, the thing, oh, and it's the just like time oh heist, my god, yeah. and like you know star wars is going to do that at some point like they're going to have the time when it just feels like a plot device in their back pocket to just solve all their problems whenever they feel like it exactly Callie, what have you been up to i began a new business venture on nookazon (laughs) so if you have been following for the last several months i've been (laughs) slowly getting more and more intense and neurotic with animal crossing as the time goes on uh, recently, I've been going to people's islands just to catalog um, pieces of furniture. I've now uh, collected every main piece of furniture in the game, all the house plants, all the instruments, um, all of the bathroom furniture, and almost all the kitchen furniture. So what I'm doing now <laughs> is I am scheduling a series of advantageous trades <laughs> in order what? to complete my the, the gaps in my catalog. So for example, I have collected... Uh, complete sets of clothing items people like to come and like catalog them cataloging is when you like pick up an item and put it down and then you can order it yourself um and it's like something that I'm trying to 100% and uh so I'm like oh I have all of the princess dresses come to my island and you can catalog them and then people give me stuff and that's how I've been collecting all the kicks exclusive shoes <laughs> so I'm working on bags and shoes um Andrew just sent me all the samurai gear um, which he had because his island is modeled after Ghost of Tsushima. So uh, now I'm I'm complete on the samurai. I only have one pair of jester shoes left, and then I'll have all the jester outfits, um, which is good because I have both Pietro and Astrid on my island, so it's becoming clown town. Um, so, you know. Clown town. <laughs> that's, that's one guarantee that I will never visit. 
Yep. Uh, I got I got two clown villagers. There's another clown looking one, a dog named Marcel, who's kind of clownish. Um, so I might try to get him. Mm. They there was a clown cat in the past, but they cut him for New Horizons. So oh well. Um and then uh earlier I was like somebody was like oh, can I come to your Able Sisters? Because there's this like whole thing where people will be like, come shop at my Able Sisters. These are the items I have. And, uh, you know, just pay me like a Nook Miles ticket or whatever. So I was like, oh, no entry fee. Like just come, tips are appreciated. Come shop at my Able Sisters. And somebody paid me 200 grand. What? Shop at my Able Sisters. Damn. So business ventures. That's what um, I'm that's like, uh, have you seen that TikTok series about um, celebrities that I have served? That's like 10 <laughs> out of 10 to Beyonce because she tips well. That's yeah. that person. Yeah. Getting rated. This person was wearing a complete LaBelle outfit, by the way. Like the designer outfit, like head to toe. The hat, the sunglasses, the Damn. shirt, the shorts, the shoes. And I, my Able Sisters was selling shoes, the sneakers. So this person was like, I need to buy all the sneakers. And then gave me 200,000 bills for that. So Damn. that's the life that I'm living. Um, yeah. How about that update though? Uh, I'm very excited. Are we going to talk about, do you want me to talk about that? Yeah, now you might as well bit? talk about it now. Yeah. It's so we're recording this before the update goes live, unfortunately, but if you're listening, it will be live by the time this goes up. Um, but it added a lot of stuff that was discussed in um, like data mining and it's, it's a lot of like returning content, right? So the uh, the dream suite is returning from New Leaf. That's really nice because you can have people tour your island and not worry about them trampling your flowers. I think they took precautions in New Horizons to prevent people from damaging your islands, but with um, wetsuits kind of allowing you to circumvent some of those precautions, um, it's really nice that you can kind of upload your island and be like, okay, here's the ideal version of my island. How does, that, it how does it. that work exactly? Like, do you... I guess you wouldn't know entirely, but in previous games, was it like you just send a code to people and they can like visit your island or was it, I don't know, I'm curious how you interact with people. Like, could you, in theory, just like tweet out, like, here's my island and then anyone could take that code and visit it or something? Yeah, and it's a carbon copy of your island, so you don't have to be online, you're not Mm -hmm. there. It's just so they can tour it and see like what you've done. So it'll be really cool for people who are really big on um, like doing creative things with their islands to let people tour them. And it'll be really cool to get inspiration from going to people's islands like that. Um, I think right now, one of the things that I don't like about Animal Crossing Twitter is people will post like cool screenshots of like cool stuff they've done on their island, but they're like highly edited and they look way better than they would in the game because they're like- Are people face tuning Animal Crossing? Yes, people are putting these crazy filters on their Animal Crossing screenshots and they look like cottagecore people are really into this and they're, they look good. They're like good photos, but if you want to like- people. Cottagecore people, they they have, there's a whole subculture. I I believe it. But uh, basically- the dream suite will allow you to like upload. Here's my whole island. People can tour it. And that'll be really cool to see like um, people have like entire themed islands. Like Andrew Goldfarb, his island is uh, Tsushima themed. So he has like cherry blossom pathways and stuff. Um, and you get a code and then people can, uh, I-, I guess the way it would work is you go to sleep on a bed and then um, you can enter the code kind of the way you would a creator code is how I assume it would work. Um, the other thing is fireworks in the summer. That's something that's been in previous Animal Crossing games. Um, and, and the thing that gives me hope about this part of the update, and I really don't want to be wrong, and everybody who's listening to this is going to be like, oh, we're so sad for Callie because she was wrong. But you can use custom designs to make fireworks. And I'm really hoping that means we get more custom design slots because I have run out and I don't want to use my pathway designs as fireworks because that would look stupid. <laughs> so... Yeah. And what was the, there was one other thing in, oh, the, the save data backups. So actually what's important to note about this is this is separate from the transfer. So the update, this update is like, if you lost your switch, you'd be able to recover your Animal Crossing save. A later update is going to contain the necessary data for you to transfer your island to another switch. So like if you wanted to transfer it to a switch light, for example, um, they clarified that on Twitter. So yeah, you have yeah. to reach out to Nintendo support, right? In order, if you lose your yeah. Switch and you want to back it up, which is 
pain. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. Yeah. So the transfer is coming later. They also announced at the end of that um, trailer that there will be a fall update. So I'm imagining that's for September. I really hope that has like cafes and like cute fall stuff. I'm really excited for fall and Animal Crossing. It has the best items. I want to put a pumpkin on my head. I hope I can do that. Yeah, uh, so that's the Animal Crossing Minute. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I've been playing some Dark Souls. Uh, I've actually never finished Dark Souls before, even though I've played through Bloodborne, I don't know, almost a dozen times, Sekiro almost a dozen times, Dark Souls 3, I think twice. Uh, but I've never finished Dark Souls 1, so I decided now's the time. I should finally finish this game. And I started from scratch on PC because I was originally playing on Switch, I mean, I've played on so many different platforms, but I was originally playing on Switch, uh, but I just couldn't get myself to play on that tiny screen when I've got a PC here with a nice monitor and, you know, getting nice frame rate is good too, especially with a game like that. So I've just been chugging away at Dark Souls. I think I'm almost done. Where you at? Uh, I am at, I just beat Seath. So I'm like Mm -hmm. kind of exploring, trying to collect the souls for the Lord Vessel. Mm-hmm. I think I need to do two more, but I also want to do the DLC too, which terrifies me because according to Matt, it's much harder. And apparently uh, a lot of the enemies move a lot quicker. Uh, Tamora's talked about this before, but what From Software typically does with their DLC is that they'll kind of tease their next game. Maybe not tease their next game, but they'll try out ideas for the next game. So an example is uh, Bloodborne's DLC. One, Some of the bosses you fight are very reminiscent of the bosses you fight in Sekiro and you can kind of see those parallels so with this game with Dark Souls the DLC apparently the enemies are more like Bloodborne bosses so they're Mm. much quicker that's cool except I'm I'm a I'm a tank like I've I've got a giant axe and I'm a tank so like every time I swing I at least have to wait a second before I actually connect with anything Mm. it is tense and I'm very concerned that I'm gonna get mad and frustrated and have to like I don't know. There's ways around it. I can switch to a faster weapon or whatever, but I want to use my giant axe. It's just a big axe. I got to use it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it. I don't think I'll be replaying this game once I'm done, though, just because the game's got a lot of bullshit in it. <laughs> it's got a lot of bullshit. Yeah, like, I feel uh, like it's, I mean, with every From game, because of they've, like... <sighs> I don't know if I'm going to say that Sekiro is the best feeling one, but I mean, it's difficult to go back after you've played Sekiro and Bloodborne to, you know, turtling and Mm -hmm. shield management. And I I think especially like with Sekiro removing stamina, kind of like going from Sekiro back to Bloodborne was like, oh crap. Yeah. I got to, I got to remember this. I can't just jump around and whatever the whole time, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Because even like I started up Dark Souls 3 and that it's just night and day compared to one. Like it just feels so much better. The movement is better. The combat's like punchier. Uh, that said, I mean, the combat is still pretty satisfying. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's there's a lot of bullshit in that game. Like there's an area that's completely dark. So you're just blindly walking around this area with skeletons. Uh, and there's lots of like narrow pathways and since you can't see anything you're probably going to walk off them a lot uh, and I was getting frustrated doing that uh, yeah. but I mean I don't know that's the point right I, it, I'm supposed to get frustrated while playing Dark Souls I'm supposed to get mad uh, I don't get that mad but I mean you know when I'm like all right here I go I gotta walk through this entire area again uh, but you know it, it is it is great I'm really enjoying it I'm very happy to like check it off the list because I feel like a fake fan having not done Dark Souls 1. But anyway, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Uh, James, what about you? Uh, So I reviewed Destroy All Humans for GameSpot. Uh, That went up on Monday. Um, That game is a remake slash remaster of the, I think it was 2006, the PS2 Xbox game. And um, I think running around and like blowing stuff up and like shooting humans and just kind of having like a good time was like, that was a lot of fun for me. It was, like, nice to have a very, like, casual, like, sandbox experience. It's like building up GTA and just kind of, like, going nuts and running around. But I, mm-hmm. there's just some parts of that game that just they didn't really do anything to and feel very old. Like, the stealth mechanics, like, 
they didn't really touch and you're just basically just like grabbing a human disguise and just kind of like wandering through areas like trying to like not get too close to people and that's pretty much it for the whole game Mm -hmm. and then some of the audio they pulled over just kind of doesn't hold up very well at all so it's like it's it's like a fun experience but it's not like super great by modern standards i uh i watched the review and when i heard audio like character audio in that game i was like holy shit this is really bad (laughs) it sounds really rough and to clarify it's like the fidelity of the audio more so more so than the acting right like they just didn't update how it sounds yeah they just like they just straight pulled the audio out of the original version of that game and the just like didn't lost fidelity or something like they didn't have like the original recording files or something like it sounds pretty rough Mm -hmm. That's such a strange decision. I wonder if it was like, we don't want to have to re-record this or we like the original performances enough to sacrifice the quality. Like, I I wonder what the thought process was there. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if, like, it had something to do with the fact that THQ kind of went under and then THQ Nordic kind of took it over. I wonder if when that happened, they just kind of like, all all those audio, like the original audio files of Destroy All Humans probably weren't you know something they wanted to keep uh oh like a like a square enix kingdom hearts joint yeah i wonder <laughs> if it's like that sort of deal where they're like we don't what was it where they just couldn't find the source code right for the game or something for like kingdom that? hearts i think didn't they delete it accidentally because they had to remake the entire thing for yeah, the remake <laughs> which like is that. that's insane <laughs> that didn't fix the damn camera though did they <laughs> and i say that as a kingdom hearts fan <laughs> So what'd you end up giving uh, Destroy All Humans? I gave it a six because like, you know, it took me about 10 hours to like go through like all the campaign missions and the side missions and that felt like a good length and like did like legitimately have fun like running around and shooting stuff. It was just all the other stuff that I had to do and like some of the quality problems were just enough to knock it down. It's just kind of weird that like they took them to overhaul the graphics and update some of the movement systems and shooting systems and then kind of left the rest of it alone. Strange decision. Yeah, sounds like it. I, I totally get that though, where you're like, this isn't this isn't great, but there's fun to be had for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not like a total loss. Uh, and then you've also been playing some Paper Mario, right? Yeah, um, I haven't spent a ton of time with it. I think I'm on the like halfway through the second streamers area, but... I'm having a lot of fun with it. That game's, like, writing is just legitimately funny. Like, one of, like, the actual, like, a lot of video games like to say they're funny and then not really pull it off most of the time. Uh, I say that as someone who likes Borderlands. Um, (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say. But uh, I think that's pretty good. Um, The combat is, like, I, I wasn't super into it to start with because it felt really easy and basic. But as I've continued playing, the puzzles, even for like the basic enemies, have gotten much harder. And I've definitely been stumped a few times. And they change it up a lot for boss fights where they like put arrows on the ground. And you have to like coordinate the spins to like run through a map to like get to the boss. So I think that the combat's much more interesting, even if it's not like the classic Paper Mario RPG system that people want. Yeah, I get that. I, I've played, it sounds like I'm probably a little bit further than you in it, um, but the combat I find interesting because I started out with the exact, exact same thought where I'm like, yeah, this is a little too easy. Uh, I don't know if I want this. And then the further along I got, I was like, okay, this is actually a really clever and fun system. But then I got to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm tired of fighting these enemies over and over again and, and lining enemies up and stuff like that. So I, I plan on playing more, but uh but yeah, the combat system has been a wild ride in terms of emotions, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, sense. I plan on playing more. It's just, we'll see We'll see how long it holds its novelty, I guess, for lack of a better word. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of my thought right now. Um, anyway, should we move on to topics? Yeah. Let's go. First thing we have here is the Sekiro update, which is something I am very excited for. The first thing I did when I saw this was message to Moore and being like, yo, we're doing a 
boss rush let's play because that is something i've been wanting to do in sekiro for a very long time also it came out of nowhere a guy yeah like i woke up this morning and there was all this news about a sec a new sekiro update and i was like game came out like 18 months ago i know and and the tweet was good too i don't know if you read from software's tweet but it's like I hope you find some small enjoyment in this update or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, small enjoyment. I'm going to spend, like, I want to play through the game at least two or three more times just because of this. <laughs> God, I still can't believe that's coming out on Stadia. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'm into it. So what is it? It's like a boss rush. Uh, you can change form to three new outfits. And like the thing I'm interested in is remnants. Like send a recording of your actions to the world of other shinobi. So I'm guessing it's Dark Souls, Bloodborne-esque. That's kind of what I figured. Like the blood stains, where you can yeah. like it, it sounds like it works a little differently and that you won't they won't show up when you die for other people. There's something you can more control. Like yeah. maybe if there's a way you fought a boss that you think is really cool or that could help people, you could like, I don't know, maybe press the record button and then people could click on that and watch watch that play out well dark souls right if you die there's a blood stain you click on it you can watch them die which is usually hilarious um so i'm curious to see how that works i'm definitely most excited to see what these different forms are and of course the boss rush because like i was saying i mean the the highlight of sekiro is are the bosses for sure Mm. Uh, yeah like i'm looking at the new forms and i don't understand what they're gonna do yeah they just seem like skins like i don't know if they're going to do any changes that'd be cool if maybe there's some slight difference but yeah i don't know but the Um, boss rush though yeah the boss rush is going to be fun yeah i'm just excited to have an excuse to revisit it because i never finished it because i i don't know it was it was a hard game to play when there were other games i had to play that makes sense because it was like every time you start a new game you forget how to play sekiro so it's like i was it was very slow going. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I did was the Blazing Bull, which I had a, such a hard time. I had, did not have a good time with that one. Um, so I'm excited to have like a justification to play it again. Cause you know, with our jobs, it's kind of like, I should probably be playing the other samurai game, Ghost of Tsushima, but I really want to play Sekiro. I mean, I want to play both, but that was a bad example. But it's just hard to find reasons to play games that aren't out this year sometimes. Yeah. So I like to have justification so I don't feel like, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. It's like, oh, I better like really feel like I'm being productive. Like, yeah, I get it. It's mostly I put the way that I consume media is that I just have this never-ending list of things that I want to watch, read, play. So... I'm going to cut you myself. off Go just, on. just because we have a question that's kind of similar oh, to this okay. about, that about backlogs. Oh, you don't want to see mine. Mine is well, gross. Mine, mine genuinely, like, it's not even a list of enjoyment at this point. It's just a list of things that stress me out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just no, didn't want you no. to get into, like, backlog and stuff because that's something we will be talking about later. I'll, I'll kind of pivot to back to sort of Callie's point in that, like, I feel less pressure to play stuff that's newer um I definitely used to feel that though um I think that was especially you know I was working on guides and more feature content but now I'm just like oh I didn't do this or I I should go back to that I mean I've now that I finished Ghost I'm gonna go back to Persona 5 Royal because Greg is also playing it and I'll be damned if he gets the platinum before I do um but other than that, like seriously, he's been putting it's, in some time, and I'm like, because that man is like the king of getting platinums. So competing with him to get a platinum sounds really intense. Good luck. I know. Well, no, it's it's. I have I have like, he's got a wife to take in. He's got Jen to take into consideration. That's true. He they, has a wife, and you they do actually. Not. Well, I don't have a wife. I'm sadly, but no, no. Is it like? <laughs> is it like they do stuff? <laughs> like they go out and do hikes and stuff. Oh, and I'm like, like they have I'm lives. Like, I'm like, this is this is platinum time. This is, this is platinum time. But actually, Greg gets up quite early sometimes and just plays games, which is a thing that I do not have in my state. Oh yeah, I'm physically incapable of doing that. Yeah, I, I've thought about doing that. Like, man, morning. If I could get up early in the morning and like knock out some games that I've been trying to do, that'd be perfect. But like, when it actually comes down to it, nah, I can't get out of bed. 
Yeah, left left alone, I'll I'll roll out of bed at like noon, just <laughs> naturally every time. Even I worked yeah. I worked like three years at a job where I had to go in at six a.m. like four days a week, and I still mm. never acclimated to it. Some people were just some people are just like that. Yeah, I have been yeah. fighting my night owlness my whole life. Uh, Sekiro, right? <laughs> Hey, how's about that Sekiro? I was uh, I was half expecting like as as I was scrolling through the update, I was expecting there to be like an easy mode or something like that, but there was not. Uh, that's the last thing I had to say about the Sekiro update. I just wanted to say <laughs> you it. just wanted to say that joke. I just wanted to get that in. It's not even funny, but I was like, yeah, you know, left. Uh, next thing that we want to talk about a little bit, I guess, is the Avengers War Table stream, which happened earlier today. They showed off what we can expect in the beta, and they showed off Hawkeye, which is going to be a post-release character uh, who cool. looks like he looks like a video game protagonist. James, so, uh, are you a big Avengers? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Lucy. Are oh no, I was going to say who we throw in this too, because I um, I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> I, I don't have too much to say. I mean, I'm interested in the game and I'll play it, but that's more because like I'm interested in like the comics and Avengers stuff and like yeah. nothing about this game looks super enticing, but you know, I'll give it a shot. Um, but you like the comics and the movies and stuff yeah. enough. The Hawkeye thing was weird because like they made a joke at the front about how everyone keeps yeah. asking where Hawkeye is. And then at the end, they're like our big reveal, it's Hawkeye. They're like the fans have asked for him. And I'm like, I think it's more like, you included five of like the six Avengers from like the first movie and everyone's like, why did you exclude Hawkeye? I think maybe they were waiting to see if Jeremy Renner was actually a wrong one or not. Jury's still out, but they were just holding that Hawkeye back just in case. I know it's not, I know it's not the movie. It's the movie version, but you know, maybe, but no, I mean, in terms of Avengers, like, I was talking about it with uh, like the group that I play Overwatch with and we, Recently, have been trying to play other games. Like we've moved Overwatch to Danielle Dirty. No, it's just at this point, that you know, Moira there's no update. That Moira update. I tried it. It's, <laughs> oh my god, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I know it's just an experimental right now, but it's like, oh god, <laughs> fix the shields maybe first before you. <laughs> anyway, and like we've been trying to play other games. Like we played some Diablo three, play Warzone. Um, I think we're gonna play Grounded this weekend, actually. Um, so Avengers is one that we all are gonna play together. But personally, and don't tell Greg I said this, I'm a little bit burnt out on Marvel at the minute. I think I think it's it's more like where it was left in at the end of. Um, God, what was the second one called? It was Infinity War and... Age of Ultron. No, the... Endgame. Endgame. At the end of Endgame, I was like, this is a good place for a break. And now it feels like Marvel's Avengers wants me to go back to 2012. Mm. Or maybe that's just because of the association with the costumes and stuff. And I'm just a bit... But I, I do want to I do want to see, you know, Kamala Khan and... Because that's, that's a whole, like area of marvel that i've never read really i right. my marvel uh the stuff i like in marvel is actually like x-men um and god knows x-men fans have been done dirty when it comes to movies and video games and i just i don't think they're gonna be in this one unless i've missed something which hey we got logan though logan was great logan was great okay logan was fantastic but then god did you watch the first two minutes of new mutants <laughs> I didn't even know that was available. I'm surprised that movie's oh! still coming out. Like they're trying. It got it delayed was... like what eight years or something absurd, and then they're like, "It's coming out," and then coronavirus happens. Well, no, it's still. Sl I think it's still slated for end of August, and then at Comic Con, everyone was fully expecting them to be like, "Okay, and now here you can watch New Mutants now." And instead, what they did, they reaffirmed the August release date, and they put the two minutes online, and I watched it, and I was like oh, this is going to be an absolute train wreck of a film. Like, it's been five, I think it's five years since they filmed it. Yeah. None of the cast Yeah, like, it's, yikes. It's a big yikes. Anyway, my whole point is I will play Avengers, but I'm not, you know, like, eagerly anticipating every war table. I know I'm going to play it. I'm a little burnt out on Marvel. Uh, like, right now I'm listening to Sandman, and that's kind of my comic du jour. 
so to speak like something a bit darker i just want i, I think part of me is like if i want a comic book video game i just want another fucking batman yeah the uh yeah. the kamala khan announcement actually like set set my expectations up to not be met because when they announced mm-hmm. her as the character i was like oh they're gonna do something like really different and we're gonna get to see a bunch of cool characters that we haven't gotten to see yet and then during this they're like the first one out's hawkeye and i'm like oh just yeah. you just snuck the one in there yeah 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 i i'm kind of in a different boat where like i probably like i almost definitely won't play this unless it like totally blows everybody away because i have never been a big um comics person like definitely not a big superhero person i like uh the nolan batman movies because i'm an edgelord and and also the nolan batman movies are fantastic except (laughs) for the dark knight rises except for the dark knight rises and um so i this is just like really not like if they did something interesting with uh with is it i i keep wanting to say kamala Kamala Khan. Uh, it is Ms. Kamala. She's I was Ms. Like, Marvel, right? And then yeah, because I don't want to like I didn't know if it was the same as Kamala Harris or if it was pronounced differently. <laughs> and I was oh, like, did. my brain is gonna betray me here. Um, yeah. So if they did something interesting with her character, I think I would be more inclined to play it, um, just because that's something like that we haven't seen, like James mm. said. But like, otherwise, I'm just like, I, I'm a slice of life person. I'm a detective stories person. I'm not really a big save the world adventure action person. So this is not my cup of tea. Great use of cup of tea though. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Callie, except I will play it because I'm a sucker and I'll be like, ooh, new shiny video game. I better play this. Uh, so I, I will probably play it. I have a feeling I won't get super into it. It seems like they're really pushing that like live service approach uh, which, you know, that that's cool for people who get into it. But like, man, if I'm going to play like a live service game, I'd probably just play Destiny at this point. Uh, I mean, that's that's my thing, right? Is that like, I, I've, I've said this before, I know I missed the boat on keeping up with Destiny. And I wonder if I'm, if I start Avengers, if I'm going to just like miss the boat on that too. As in like with, within regard to the time investment and... Mm-hmm doing dailies and stuff i can't see myself doing that um but if it's something that's easy enough to drop in and out of you know do a couple of missions by myself or with friends i can do that um but i think that's just um part and parcel with being a service title these days yeah i i think i've said this before on the podcast and this this may sound kind of bad but i I really liked Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider games. Like, really liked those games. I thought they were really good. And I was a little bummed when I found out that they were making a Marvel game. And I was like, okay, well, they could still do something interesting. And then when I found out it was a live service game, I was even less interested just because, like, their story, like, the Tomb Raider games, the stories weren't great. Like, they definitely, like, a lot of the characters besides Laura weren't that interesting. The story took weird turns, but there was usually something there that I really liked. And what they did with Laura's character, I always thought was really good. And I just don't, I don't I don't know like it's the issue with all these service games is that the stories just always seem to fall flat uh and Mm. you you know this could be different like it seems like they are really focusing on this this side of the game that is story solo based uh so that could be interesting but like right off the bat it's just like I don't I I don't know about I I don't think it's for me but like I said I'll play it because I'm a sucker Anyway, that's it for topics. Shall we move on to listener questions? Unless anyone's got any last minute things to say about Sekiro or Avengers? Ooh, go on then. And now moving on to listener questions. If you've got questions, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast.com. Wow, messed that up. (laughs) You can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or you can join the Discord. Uh, and we have a nice little channel in Discord that lets you just ask questions directly. But anyway, Callie, do you want to start with the first one? Sure. This one is from Kevin from West Hartford, Connecticut. Hey, After Darkers, if you are playing a multiplayer turn-based game and each turn is on a timer, is it considered bad etiquette to use up all the time you're given? 
There has been an ongoing debate for years in the Hearthstone community about players using more time to make decisions than they quote unquote should and unnecessarily slowing down the game for other players, for the other player. Some say if the time is given to them, then they have every right to use it and play how they want. I would love to hear your thoughts. I actually do have thoughts about this because the timer is a thing in competitive Pokemon. And um, you can definitely use the timer. Like it's been a strategy in the past, depending on the length of the, the turn timer and the overall match timer to run it out and uh, stall would be what you call the tactic. Um, and you would win by having the most Pokemon alive or if you had the same amount of Pokemon alive, uh, having more HP. So Pokemon that could restore HP. Um, you could have a cleric Pokemon on your team to heal. Um, and it's a pain in the ass and it's not exciting to watch. And so I would consider it to be like, just just play the damn game. And and especially for something that is competitive where people are gonna watch it or like a turn-based game can already be kind of difficult to watch if you aren't super invested in the strategy. I think stalling out the timer is kind of like, just lame like it's not bad like I wouldn't be like you're a bad person for doing that but it's just lame <laughs> yeah I mean like I think in Hearthstone because you don't have those uh like Pokemon healing over time or anything as far as far as I'm aware I haven't played Hearthstone in years but like what are you doing in that point are you just like checking Twitter Sitting or something yeah. are you just like if you're on stream what are you doing I assume you're like talking to chat or something but at the same time that's not a fun experience with the other person. I mean, I don't play a lot of turn-based stuff, but I can't, like, what are you getting out of that? Like, Pokemon, I can see the advantage there, but, like, for everything else, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm getting out there. Yeah. Yeah, from, from my time playing Hearthstone, I think the strategy there is just, like, especially if you're ahead, to just make your turns last as long as possible, mm-hmm. to, like, try and ice the other player into just conceding. I spent a lot of my week off playing Magic Arena, and there, there's a timer in that game, and most of the time it's fine. But I've noticed if you start to beat someone and they're salty about it, they will let the timer run out uh. every single turn. And like that game in particular, I think gives way too much time to come up with moves, like especially early on. Like all, you, all you can do early on is like throw down some mana and and play a card or two, if that. Uh, but like I find that so frustrating because it's like I don't want to concede because I'm going to lose if I concede, even though I'm clearly winning. What this person is trying to do is bait me to concede. So he's just going or he or she is just going to sit there and just let the timer run out every time. And I think if they do it enough times, it'll automatically concede them. But they can at least go like, I don't know, it felt like three or four turns where they were just sitting there. And it would be like every single turn, it would be like, OK, well, I guess I'm going to check Twitter, respond to all this stuff, see what's going on here, and then look back and it's still their turn. And it's like, fucking kill me, man. Come on. (laughs) Thank you for not assuming that all magic players are men. (laughs) (laughs) Had to to correct that there. Lucy, do you want to take the next one? Sure. It is um, from Robert Burns. Robbie Burns. I probably, probably not that one. Um, hello, After Dark Crew. <laughs> Sorry, I really made that dramatic. <laughs> Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. So, how do you feel? I really enjoy that. How do you how do you feel about the video game trope of intentionally unwinnable fights, like a fight where the enemy is so strong slash you are too weak that they take no damage, or a fight where regardless of how you're doing, when a cutscene kicks in, your player character is suddenly on the losing end. Playing Ghost of Tsushima, which has one of these fights. Reminds me of how tired I've grown of games using this trope to establish a villain as a real threat. Uh, It's like the game telling you, oh no, watch out for this one. They're better at the game than you, but don't worry, you'll get there. Wink. (laughs) Duh, I just started the game. I don't need to attempt to fight in futility and get whooped just to know I've still got a lot to learn and that the villain is too strong for me in my current state. You can't handle my potions. (laughs) They're too strong for you. I totally get that. I think in Ghost, it sets up that uh, revenge story. So I can see why it's done in a lot of cases. I like it when they give you the option and you actually beat the boss and you get like the secret ending. So there's a bit in, I know it's not a boss fight, but there's a bit in Far Cry 
four. four. Yeah. Yeah, if he says, can you just wait here for a minute? But obviously the game prompts you to get up and leave the table and explore. But if you just wait there for, I think, 15 minutes, he comes back and you sort it out and you get the credits. And I like stuff like that. Um, but I totally get it. I mean, Sekiro starts with one of those. I don't remember what happens if you beat... Same thing. Like you still... Uh, I, I think the cutscene's slightly different if you beat Genichiro at the beginning, yeah. but it's still... You know, <laughs> Jonathan Sekiro loses his arm and then you wake Jonathan up. Sekiro! <laughs> and then I... you wake up next to the, the old man and <laughs> same thing, yeah. I personally, I also, I'm with Robbie Burns here. Um, with Robert, sorry. You, I'm going to say your name the Robbie way you Burns. Say it, But I like Robbie Burns a lot. Robbie um, Burns. I, I hate this trope because it, I'm the kind of person that like, I'll have an item in my inventory the entire game and never use it, but I'm always like, maybe I'll need it later. And um, when I get to those fights and I like, I'm like, oh, I can win if I use this item I've been holding on to, or like, I can really like, I can, I know I can do this and then I don't do it. I'm like, I wasted all those items for nothing. And then I get really upset. So I don't like those because they uh, really don't mesh well with my um, compulsive hoarding um, style, mm. but I get, I understand their inclusion stylistically in certain places. Um, there's, a, there's an example I can think of that's not exactly this, but I also don't want to say it because I think if I even say the game name, people will be like, that's a spoiler. Yeah, I mean, I personally think when games do that, it is like one of those examples of where gameplay and story are just like clashing really hard and it just doesn't work. I, I, I find it pretty frustrating when you get, in, unless the game makes it very clear up front that, hey, you should lose, like, you're going to lose this no matter what. But even then, I still find it frustrating because it's like, well, then why am I fighting this person? Like, there, there should at least, like, like I kind of like Sek how Sekiro does it and that, like, you can actually beat him. But I think the problem then is that the same thing happens. Uh, so, so I'd be much more interested if, like, you know, if you replay the game and you know how to play the game and you're really good at it, then you can actually beat this boss that you're supposed to not beat. And that could maybe just like do something like Far Cry did, like what you're saying, Lucy. Just like, all right, roll credits. You, you beat it. Con congrats. Like to me, that would be far more interesting than just like, all right, mm -hmm. here's the boss that you can't win no matter how good you are yeah. at this game. Undertale does a good job with that because I, I don't think there's anything in the game that you can't win. But uh, obviously Undertale is known for giving you other options to approach a, a battle scenario. Um, and there are extremely difficult fights in that game. Um, but there is something, you get a reward, a, a narrative or a lore reward for doing that, so. Yeah, I did want to add real quick is that, like, I also don't really like it um, when games do that, and I can think of, like, an example of a time when, like, they were, a, a game was able to, like, display that a boss is powerful, even though, like, in a different mm -hmm. way, and it's, like, it's at the end of the game, but for a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, like, at the very end of the game, like, you encounter a boss that's, like, hey, you can't win this fight. You are absolutely not capable of winning this mm -hmm. fight. And you just have to like run mm -hmm. and just dip out. Like, and I think that's like a much better way of like trying to convey that power level than just like having you go yeah. at it and like either get cut off or just like, just get destroyed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. that's a good point. Like that, that in particular, I think is more interesting. Like just, okay, you figure out it's no good. I got to run. I got to leave this arena, boss arena. Uh, I, I also really like when games do something like, breath of the wild did where it's like you can fight the boss right now if you want you're probably going to get screwed but you could actually beat the final boss but you're probably not like that to me is but super maybe interesting you will. but maybe yeah. you will but you could lose but maybe you will maybe you'll beat him yeah yeah uh but but that is something i'm interested in and i'm excited to see if breath of the wild 2 does something similar because i think that was a very important part to that game's direction and style so i'm curious to see but I don't know. Breath of the Wild too. That's a discussion for another day. Uh, last question. Well, last question we have here, but it's two parts. Uh, hey, GS crew, during the quarantine, I've had plenty of time to finally play through my gaming backlog. Doing so, however, I noticed something. Many of the games that I previously bought uh, with the intent to play the intent to someday play, I no longer have any desire to do so. So I was wondering if there are any games in your library you that you have lost all interest to ever try. 
think I read that wrong. If so, what are they? And then there's a part two. That was from Cadbury on Discord. And then Wholesome Jacob added, can I ask a part B as a follow-up? How do you track your backlogs if you do? So there's the backlog question. Lucy, do you mm-hmm. want to kick it off on this one? Um, I have a very long Google Keep list. I used to have different lists. I used to have a games list, a books list, a comics list, a movie and TV show list. And then I just realized that that's too many lists. And so I'll consolidate them all into one. Um, Where basically I just keep jotting down things. You know, I really, really want to watch Prisoners by Denis Villeneuve. Um, And I'm just, yeah. And like, I hear that all the time. I loved Arrival. I loved uh, Blade Runner 2049. And it's on my list. And it has been for maybe over a year now and I just it's weird because I I like having a list I like being organized I'm big into ooh Cali look I've got a new bullet journal layout yeah. you can see <gasps> it's beautiful I've, I've started doing time blocking very into it but at the same time like having a list of stuff that I need to get to feels like my time is not really my own because I'm just going from one thing that I've wanted to do to the next um drop my phone um but that's how I keep track of everything in terms of like I don't typically buy things and don't and without playing them immediately I'm pretty good at like holding off on buying or renting media unless I'm just about to do it um but I totally get that I think comics is where I do that like that comicsology sale it gets me every year and I buy a ton of stuff and then I never read it like there's some like I don't think did I ever read I bought all of Grant Morrison's Batman run for example all of it that's a lot mm-hmm. and I got through like 80% of it but then there's some stuff that I just never touched and it's just been sat there and now that I'm kind of like I've had some space from it I just have no interest in going back to it because I feel like to get it I'd have to go back and read everything again yeah so that's kind of yeah I just I don't know I feel like I have in my mind an, uh, a google calendar of oh well November is going to be cyberpunk and assassins and let's put July and August aside to finish persona 5 royal and you know I kind of make little time blocks in my mind yeah I, really cool. I do something <laughs> similar like I feel like I typically try to play most games when I get them a lot of that mm-hmm. is, though is because of work like we need footage of this game mm-hmm. or we need uh I, I don't know cutting review or we need a guide or something like that so so I typically right when I get a game I start playing it uh and usually I'll try to finish it unless I'm really not into it uh I would say where I falter is when it comes to steam uh because <laughs> I buy yeah. lots of shit on steam that I'm like one day I'm going to be in the mood to play this and then that day never comes. One day it might though. One day it might. Yeah. Probably won't. <laughs> like I'm, I I think there's like, there's a website that tracks all your Steam statistics and I'm curious to see like what percentage of my games I've actually played. Like it's got to be, I don't know, 25%, maybe lower than that. Yeah, I'm probably around there too. Like I I went through a phase where I was buying like a lot of like quote unquote classics on Steam that I hadn't played um, just because like there was a period of time where like I just couldn't play a lot of games because I was really busy with school. Um, and oh yeah, you got Bioshock spoiled for you too, didn't you? Oh <gasps> uh, yeah, I was building up to that. I uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I took the wind out of it. She She had it spoiled and then you spoiled the retelling of her story that she got to school. Oh, I feel Unbelievable. <laughs> I uh, was editing a review recently. This is not the writer's fault because like, it, like, you know, the moratorium on it has expired. I, is that the right word? Yeah. Um, it, you know, like I can't fault anyone for thinking that I would know the twist in Bioshock. Um, but I had commented on something in the the review about the story and I was like, oh, you should be a little bit more specific here, maybe expand on this. As I usually do, those are common notes that I write. And the writer was like, oh, well, I didn't really want to expand on it because it's basically a Bioshock style twist where blah, 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 blah. And I was like, cool, I haven't played Bioshock. <laughs> and then I meant like, please stop talking. And then the writer was like, 
oh well to be more specific <laughs> like, no, really that was like, an invitation I was like, oh, no. so um now i'm i mean like i'm really upset i'm really there's sad. a lot more to bioshock than the twist honestly like that world mm-hmm. the inhabitants the plasmids the combat is really fun and like i think it's definitely worth visiting regardless of if you know how it ends because also there's some bad shit about that ending too that just like even ken levine has come out and said yeah i probably wouldn't have done that yeah so I, there's I there's way more to it i thoroughly i still encourage you to play it yeah and then minerva's den well i mean play by shark, shark 2 is fine actually i i enjoy by shark 2 but minerva's den the dlc is fantastic I, I really want to play kind of this is kind of what I was I was building to is like I really want to play one and two in Minerva's Den still mm. but I started Infinite and I have no desire to play Infinite anymore I have absolutely no desire to play Infinite Infinite um, I feel has like I loved Infinite when it first came out I played too. it a bunch of times I tried to do the same thing last year and I was like oh I just can't I don't know what it is. I just couldn't get back into it. Um, but maybe I just wasn't in the place for it. I, yeah. I felt the same way when the uh, the Bioshock collection came out and I went back to play through like all three of them again, like one and two in Minerva's Den. I was like, yeah, this is great. This is like, this is good. I'm having a good time replaying these. I got to Infinite and I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm slogging through this just because it's here. Like my but interest was definitely time, a lot lower. Yeah, I think Infinite has the best opening hour I think uh, one of the strongest opening hours of any game I've ever played. And I think it has so many good themes and some like great writing and the new plasmids are different. I really enjoy them. Sorry, Vigors, they're not plasmids in that one. Um, And I love so much about it. I just don't know what it was. Um, But then last summer was a weird one. So yeah, it's been a weird uh, couple of years, hasn't it? Um, I feel like it peaked in 2016. When did we peak? (laughs) 2016 was definitely a downturn in the UK. Maybe since then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, I guess to answer the question about like tracking it, I, I definitely don't. I have, I have toyed with the spreadsheet idea or with a bullet journal layout um, of like, here's what I want to prioritize. But I basically came to the conclusion, like I, my time, you know, you only have so much time and I want to spend my free time doing the things that I want to do. And I don't want to feel like I have to force myself to do things. To some extent, you kind of have to do that in this job, you know, to be prepared for game of the year. Like I'm going to have to bust my ass playing a bunch of these games so I can actually participate in those discussions. Cause I've been, I've just been trading shit on Nookazon for the past five months or whatever. But, um, like to, to, for that, I do need to to do some stuff that like maybe I'm not like feeling like I really want to play. Mm. But generally, when it comes to my backlog, like I will own like I haven't played Half Life, and that's fine. Like I don't need to play Half Life to be in this job, like um, or you know whatever it is, um, because time is precious, and I would I just want to do the things that I feel like doing, and um, that keeps me from a lot of games because there's games where I'm just like you know what this is just not, this is not my cup of tea. As I said earlier, this is not, not a thing that I feel like I will enjoy. I'm going to play some Stardew Valley or, or like, I really want to play, like, I'm excited to play Ghost of Tsushima. I'm, I'm kind of winding down on the Nookazon trades. I was doing like hours per day last week. I've calmed down a little bit. So now I'll have more time to play some other games. So, and Paper Mario, I'm really, uh, that's something I really want to play. So I, I guess the way I prioritize is just like, what do I feel in my heart and my, my heart and mind, my mind and my brain? Yeah. Um, I don't have a backlog either. Like I don't, I don't keep up with it just cause I found that like when I had it, it, it just felt like, I don't know. It, it felt like more of a chore, I guess mm-hmm. when I had like a list, a working list of games that I was like checking in to see if I had played or see what I should play next. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I have real chores, like trying to get a fucking COVID test, which is taken, it's just not happening. I have real shit to take care of. I'm not going to play backlog games. I I feel that. I So I do have a spreadsheet, but not for backlog purposes. 
um, when I buy a game, I'm pretty good at least like at least putting a couple hours into it. And I just track like everything I play throughout out the year, just so I like have a reference point. And I have a little marked category. It's like story completion, yes, no, and it's like color coordinated. But oh, I love that's, that. No, that's more just like for my own knowledge about like what I have and what I haven't played. But like, there's no prioritizing stuff to go back to or anything like that. It's like I'm gonna play whatever. I feel like playing and a lot of time that's going to be new stuff even games that like I would really enjoy playing that I just like put an hour or two and then stopped it's like I probably just won't get to it time wise mm-hmm. yeah I'll I might tell you steal that spreadsheet idea I like that a lot yeah that's a lot more useful I found in like this industry than than keeping a backlog just because at the end of the year when everyone's talking about their favorite games it's very easy to forget a lot of those games that you may have liked in January when we're in December uh, so throughout the year, whenever there's a game that I play I really like, I just add it to a list. Uh, just so when we have to submit our top tens or whenever, you know, that conversation comes around, I've got a list right there. And I think I've got a list all the way back to like 2014 or something of all my top tens. So I recommend that. Yeah, that's, I wish I, I yeah, like that's the difference between a backlog list and like a tracking. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I really like that idea because I do wish that I could go back and look at like what was my top 10 in 2015? I don't remember. Like I remember like games that I liked in 2015, obviously, but I'm like if I had like in the moment, what did I list and how has that changed now? Like that kind of stuff is cool and I wish I had that. Well, anyway, that's been episode 52 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you all so much for tuning in and thank you all for joining me. Uh, Lucy, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at Lucy James Games. There's a new episode of Audio Logs talking to uh, the story and voiceover director from NetherRealm about the mind-bending time travel storyline in Mortal Kombat 11 and Aftermath. Please be excited. Callie? You can find me on Twitter at InkyDojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. Um, if you want to trade stuff with me in Animal Crossing, hit me up um, in the GameSpot Discord in the Animal Crossing channel, and uh, I would be happy. I have lots of stuff. If you're looking for stuff in your catalog, I would love to be a benefactor <laughs> to you. And James, how are you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at James the Car with two R's, and uh, you can check out my Destroy All Humans review or the video version of it, voiced by Lucy. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> it was a very good review. It was fun to voiceover. Thank you. Uh, and you can find me at Jacob Deck. And I think by the time this is up, or maybe later today, the first video of this Cyberpunk lore series should go up. It's all about Night City. It's very good. I've seen a couple edits now. Uh, Jean Luc and I put that together. He did most of the work. I edited like the first two minutes of it, and he did the rest. But it's really good if you're excited for cyberpunk but you don't know a lot keep an eye on GameSpot because we're gonna have a lot of videos like that like i'm already working on one about johnny silverhand and yeah we've got like we've got like 30 or 40 video ideas of what to cover for this lore series so definitely keep an eye out for that um but with that i think that's it we'll see you all next week and if you want to join the GameSpot discord server make sure to message one of us and we'll get you in there right away yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.